boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. And g'day from JT. Across a very wintry Victoria, hasn't winter started with a blast over the last few days. And welcome to uh, Talking Greyhounds as I welcome in Simone Fisher. You rugged up, Simone? I certainly am, John G. It sounds like winter's got you already. Yeah, just if you're listening, don't get too close to the speaker or if you're on podcast. <laughs> don't put the iPhone too close because I'm a little under the weather, but always very happy to talk about greyhound racing, particularly after that big night on Thursday. Wasn't it fantastic, the speed star? Just... Uh... Race after race, duel after duel, a couple of surprises, yeah. um, some very trying conditions, but gee, some sensational greyhounds. Yeah, I think the Speedstar really is a concept that does have the potential to bring new customers to, to greyhound racing. I think so. It's just so quick and punchy, isn't it? You don't mm. need to wait long between the races. No. Um, for someone that, you know, like we were talking, we'll talk about with Mick Floyd, um, the betting, you know, there's, been, there's some really big bets. I mean, 50% chance of, you know, a dollar, dollar shot getting up or a dollar 30, or you might get a $4 shot get up. And that's what we saw on Thursday night. And then they have, of course, mm. uh, uh, bet types, uh, similar to AFL, uh, either, uh, dream team or possessions where you can bet, uh, for the first split or the quickest time or will they beat the record? Well, obviously on Thursday night, that was never going to be a, a possibility with, with the, with the track. But I think those novelty bets, certainly from a younger generation, they do like them and they can multi them up in maybe six or seven, uh, particular events. I think so. And I know, um, someone that did do that, John, but, uh, missed out on poke the bear. Not uh, myself, not myself, but yeah, <laughs> you, you play it safe and, um, didn't work. But that seems to be the way that people are betting football teams into, um, football teams and how mm. many goals and, and oh, things. Yeah. And it, it isn't, like you say, it is a novelty, but I think with the greyhounds, it's just over so quick. You don't need to wait a whole match to know no. whether you're actually still alive or not. You wait about 30 seconds and know, um, and know your face. Yes, that's right. <laughs> who Who is on today's show? So Mick Floyd, obviously, Sandown's media manager. Uh, after the Speed Star Series, we'll get a wrap from that. And also Peter Craig, who is the president of the NCA. So we'll be talking about a different type of match racing, the grassroots of match racing, coursing. Okay. Uh, let's see what's been happening in the world of greyhound racing this week. Well, like we've just mentioned, a fabulous night of racing we witnessed at Sandown Thursday night. Uh, we'll hear all about it shortly with Mick Floyd. Uphill Jewel managed a third placing in the final of the Ladies' Bracelet last Saturday night at Wentworth Park, taking her bridesmaid status to 10. Can you believe it? 10 second placings in group racing. Astounding. She's, of course, headed to the Sapphire Crown. Yes, yes, she is indeed. Uh, Jezelenko is having his 100th start tomorrow and aiming for his 25th win at sale in a free-for-all. He'll jump from box one, race eight in a seven-dog field. He might be lucky to get a dollar ten. The club manager, Des Dooley, alerted me to this, uh, mentioned that he's currently equal with Rowley as the most prolific winner on the current sale track. He is the Gippsland hero. He won the Terrelgan Cup last year and has raced in numerous group finals, including the Melbourne Cup. And um, Potentially should have won that. That's Yeah, that's right. He placed. Yes. He was a <laughs> yeah. bit playful in the straight, he if w- I can use that analogy. He, w- he was. He was. We were all standing there waiting to say you beauty, but uh, just, it was just you fell short. Indeed. <laughs> um, Geelong are racing with the follow-on lure for 100% of the time now on both inside and outside tracks. Uh, there's been an update to the penalty guidelines for Greyhound welfare offences. They can be viewed on the Greyhound Racing Victoria website. Penalties are going to be considered on an individual basis, so with prior convictions, remorse, cooperation, etc., sure. to be taken into account. 
which uh, that makes it very fair, doesn't it? Um, Absolutely. Because sometimes inadvertently one things of these can happen. things can happen. Yeah. Uh, fines can range from $1,500 to $1,700 to $7,000 per greyhound affected. So, you know, there's no excuse. There is all the information on the website. There is a wealth of information and knowledge out there. There's no excuse for ignorance. So if people are going to be that way, they can expect to find themselves out of pocket considerably. Absolutely. Good deterrent. Sure is. Our stewards were kept very busy swabbing over 40 dogs on Monday at the Meadows at a public trial session. Both named and unnamed dogs were swabbed. So that's uh, an enormous amount. And I guess reading between the lines, um, maybe in days prior, years gone by, perhaps people were giving a dog something in a trial to make it chase a bit harder. And so I'm not suggesting at all that that is going on or it's rife, but um, even perhaps dogs that may have been had an injury and perhaps have been on a painkiller that might still be in their system. Sure. Um, so, yeah, getting the, the trialling system. I, I don't want to say cleaned up because I, I don't want to make any suggestion that it's not clean, but I guess they're just saying, well, you've, you know, dog's been out for a while. We want to know that it goes yes. into that race. Correct. Right. So it's, um, look, another positive move forward. And again, if there's nothing to hide, you don't have to worry, no do problem. you? There's no, no, no problem no, at no all. Problem. I think probably you hit the nail on the head, Simone, if a, if a dog's come back from an injury and there's there's still that medicine in its system, inadvertently might be in the system. So mm. maybe they need to just give it an extra week until that's completely discharged from the system. That's right. And look, all these medications, if you've got a greyhound that's had time off for something serious, it's under the, you know, under the supervision of a vet or administration Correct. of a vet. And so... You know, there have been times in the past where greyhounds have been swabbed and under the supervision of a vet, it still has had something in its system, even though the guidelines have been followed. Mm. So it's just another precautionary measure. And um, look, it just keeps that playing field very even. Indeed it does. And finally, GRV are distributing hard copies of the new code to tracks this week for participants to peruse. Uh, the silence from participants about the revamped code, John. It's been quite deafening, um, which suggests a number of things, that it's either more realistic and workable for most people, which I hope is the case, or on the flip side, participants have been very apathetic towards the code, I will will say, and um, it's almost like they just don't even want to know about it after the initial document was released. So perhaps there's participants that are still feeling, well, I, I can't be bothered reading it, I don't want mm. to sit and read what it was last time. Or some people may only act when they're they're really forced to. Sure. Aren't too concerned about it at the moment. Look, I I had a read of it the other day, a brief read, and it seems okay. Um, it's been reduced from about the initial eighty-eight pages to about forty-six now, mm. which that's a lot of writing that's it's come half out. Gone. It is, and look, when I went through it, it just seemed a lot more practical. It seemed like it was written about greyhounds and for greyhounds, not for the other one could have been written about turkeys for all we knew because yeah. it was just so um, unrealistic. But, look, it wasn't too bad, but I haven't read it word for word. I've that's just a, had a brief... You've got some look. homework to do. I have, but, um, you know, if that's it moving forward, well, I think we can probably well, all, all manage. Well, we, all we can do, Simone, is to, is to urge and recommend all participants actually read it. Yes. Um, because uh, that's the framework moving forward. And I, I think... Part of this process is it is 2018 and the world has changed a lot 
in the mm. last 15, 20, 25 years. Mm. Uh, some of some of it has been good change, some of it not so good change. But I think whenever there's any checks and balances and you need transparency, I think that is a good thing. Yep. Uh, and obviously, uh, GRV, the Department of Agriculture, have listened. They've listened to what the people have said for the first one. They've taken action, so I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with that at all because, like I said, if it's nearly half the document that it was originally tells you that there has been a lot taken out. A lot of red tape, I think, has gone <laughs> onto the floor. So uh, I would urge all participants to head to the website and uh, look at that or get a hard copy. All right, so let's hit the uh, the phones here on RSN 927 and have a chat to Mickey Floyd. What's making news around the kennels? Good morning, Mick. Well, a massive night at Sandown on Thursday night with the Speedstar Series. Gee, this concept is just growing and growing, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is, Simone. That's the sixth Speedstar Series we've won. It's the second time we've had an entire race meeting dedicated to the match race format. And you're right, it's gotten bigger and bigger every time. It's becoming more and more popular with punters as they become more and more familiar with it. And the night gets bigger and bigger, so it's, uh, it's always a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to growing it even further in the future. How does it turn over compared to a normal Thursday night? Uh, really strong. So I've seen some early reports and uh, the figures are very, very strong. It's a, a different type of wagering product. Um, we've changed the messaging a little bit this time around as well to appeal to uh, more your, your general sports type punters. So uh, whereas traditional uh, uh, traditional meeting the turnover would be more around uh, your exotics and multiples and quaddies and trifectas and those sorts of things, this one is more around the head-to-heads and uh, multiing up and very much a sporting uh, sports betting type approach and um, it's certainly resonating judging by the early numbers. Oh, that's good. There were some big uh, big bets, $7,000 here and there. Gee, um, a lot of money to have on, I guess, good money to be made, a 50% chance of winning, but um, a lot to lose also. Yeah, absolutely, and that's uh, that's, that's one of the appeals. So uh, if you look at if you look at like a game of footy over the weekend, you know there's uh, you know the dollar twenty chances that should just win, and so that attracts the big punters. And uh, for the guys who want to turn that into a, a bigger return, a length of that in a quaddy, in a multi, and um, trying to get a return that way. And of course, you know one of the great things about hand racing is that you do get that quick return. So uh, if you think a dollar thirty chance, and I saw there's about a nine thousand dollars bet on Dinah Chance, or it's a dollar thirty. So uh, one partner thought it was a, it was better than bank interest, and uh, about 34 seconds later, he had a, a nice return in his pocket. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very attractive uh, product for punters. Well, that's great. It sounds like it's here to stay. We'll just have a quick look at the three main ones, Mick. Um, the Liz Rain, uh, Rip and Sam, a new PB of 41.47 on a very wet track. It was, yeah. The, the rain, unfortunately, came uh, just after the first event, so just before, the, uh, or just as the Liz Rain was kicking off, it uh, really came down pretty hard for a while there, but Rip and Sam was just fantastic. He's uh, he's a flying machine. He came in with the, uh, as a top-seated greyhound. We know what he's capable of on the track, and he really showed why he is the most exciting star in the country at the moment. It was just brilliant, and a really nice run from Vakali as well. He was, uh, he's going to keep an eye on the future. I think he'll get better the, the more he has, uh, or the more starts he has over this trip. I think so as well. Uh, Robert Britton had a, a terrific night. He dominated the Liz Reen, took out the first three places with Rip and Sam Bacali and back on lava. Um, Sir JJ ended up running fourth. Um, it was a massive night for Robert and he's got some stayers that, gee, they're going to be exciting in a couple of weeks. He has. He's got, I think, yeah, he's got about five heading towards the Sandown Cup, which is a, a fantastic effort in itself. But I'm sure when the markets come up, he'll probably have three or four of the favourites as well. He, he came last night with nine dogs. He contested seven matches and won them all, which is uh, a fantastic performance from the kennel there. And uh, there were some very happy campers as they were leaving the track. 
I'm sure there was. Uh, the Bill Collins speed star the, over the 5.15 and Dinah Patty, she was uh, caused a bit of an upset really, didn't she, with Poke the Bear? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when the market's first went up on Tuesday afternoon, there was a lot of money for Poke the Bear. That was the match that the, the punters gravitated towards and um, Poke the Bear had all the money, certainly early doors and uh, even going Thursday, um, not just in the head-to-head but in the fastest overall for Bill Collins and for the ninth. But uh, Dinah Patty, full mark to her, she's, uh, she's a greyhound with a lot of ability. She came in with just 10 race starts under her belt but she's shown plenty uh, in regards to not just her race marks but also the time she can run it. Um, Poke the Bear, you know, it was a good run by Poke the Bear but Dinah Patty was just too good and she's a greyhound I think we'll see really develop into a, a really nice type and the little brother of course, Dinah Roscoe, won a, a match earlier in the night so a really nice litter for the dailies there. Uh, we had uh, Myra Deemer and Quick Jagger filling the, the minor placings as well. And I thought Quick Jagger, he was um, very impressive. We saw him in the Sale Cup. He has been, I think he's got a couple of track records at Cannington, <clears throat> excuse me, over the sprint. So he um, didn't disgrace himself. Yeah, that was one of the question marks, how he'd, uh, how he'd back up, not just with a trip to Perth, but uh, or some time in Perth, but uh, coming back from the 700 to the 500. But he showed in the shootout, um, coming off his Sale Cup win, that he can make that switch. He's a, a natural sort of uh, versatile dog. We know he's extremely fast. In fact, he qualified uh, for the speed star on that run in the shootout when he was beaten a nose by Aston DB. But, um, you know, very fast going out over all distances, and I'm sure we'll see him step up now into the Sanding Cup and he'll come in as a real player. I think so. And then the race callers, gee, uh, Dinah Chancer, he set the time standard, didn't he? 33.96, but then all of a sudden Tornado Tears just came and oh, made it look like a walk in the park. 33.78. Oh, he did. Uh, when Dinah Chancer broke 34, especially in the conditions, it had stopped raining by then and was improving. But uh, to get under 34 seconds really turned some heads and thought that might have been a chance to hold up. But Tornado Tears, well, he was just brilliant. We, we, we'd worked it out based on the times that the track was probably three to four lengths off. So if you take three or four lengths off his time, he's broken the track record. That's the sort of greyhound he is. And, um, mm. you know, he's very exciting. He, he's shown it, uh, what he can run over the 700. He's formed within a half length of my artist track record and uh, obviously very quick over the 595 as well. He, he, he probably hasn't got the seasoning of his uh, of his brother, Riffin Sam, but, um, but no, he's certainly got a lot of uh, lot of top-end potential there. And he's another one. This Santa Cup is shipping up extremely well, extremely well. You would think so. A new PB, it was previously a 33.92, now that 33.78. And like we mentioned on a, a track that was a few lengths off um, an outstanding run. It was an outstanding concept, an outstanding night again, Mick. But was there any surprises for you? Um, I think the... Um, it didn't come as a surprise, but it was, a, it was certainly pleasing to see how well it received, just the, the wagering side of it and the general interest in the in the concept. One of the things that I'm really excited about is that it really highlights the stars of the sport, and that's the greyhounds and the people who train them. And uh, the fact that we get the opportunity to uh, to showcase um, not just the greyhounds but the trainers as well, you know, 40 dogs on the night, they all get their time in the sun, and um, it's really exciting to see just how many people are excited by seeing these fast dogs go around and, uh, you know, excitement builds excitement and just judging by the social media reaction, it's certainly got a few more eyeballs and a uh, great promotion for the sport and, you know, for everyone at, at Train Race in Victoria and all our partners through the media at RSN and Sky and Tab have been absolutely fantastic through the whole thing and, um, you know, we're starting to see the benefits of, uh, of a, a good promotion and a good product and fantastic greyhounds. You certainly have. Um, just on a footnote there, or poor note, I should say, Leo's gift has pulled up okay. He has... I think it was dropped a back muscle um, in his run, uh, but from all accounts from the kennel, he is well in himself. And then, um, is that that the mail that you got, Mick? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I wandered down and had a look uh, as they were heading off. Uh, we were chatting the connections there, and uh, uh, Peter Riley brought him around. His tail was wagging, and uh, we had a couple of trials after the last race, and he heard the lure of wanted to go again. He's, uh, he's a very happy <laughs> dog, and um, it's a shame that he, he did drop that pack muscle, but uh, he's going to have a, a nice home to go to. If he doesn't make it back to the track, he'll have a very uh, comfortable retirement. He's a beautiful dog, so... Um, yeah, if we don't see him, he's been a fantastic pacer, but uh, he's got some happy days ahead of him too. Yeah, for sure. And also um, Magic Will, he was vetted and re-vetted after the event and um, he has got a bit of soreness and some injuries with a three-week stand down. But I'm sure Joe Borg will have him back when he's yeah. right, but probably disappointing that um, he's going to miss a few weeks racing. Yeah, I speak to Joe afterwards and he said uh, the dog had never seen uh, rain like that before and um, yeah, unfortunately he got a little bit sore, but he's a, as he showed in the trial, he's a greyhound with a, a lot of uh, ability, a lot of raw ability, and um, I'm sure we'll see him back in, uh, in due time. Sure we will. Next week, heats of the Sapphire Crown, the Harrison Dawson, the Sandown Cup. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of the best nights of uh, <laughs> racing for the year. You know, we just roll from one to the next, and yeah. roll Group 1 heats, and uh, you know, you look at the Sandown Cup there, and the other two Group 1s are... Uh, they're pretty handy races themselves, the Sapphire Crowns especially. It's one of my favourites of the year. The honour roll is as good an honour roll as you'll see anywhere in the country. And uh, um, it does like Diana Patty headlining to, to show that it's going, to be, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Sure will. Can't wait for it, Mick. Thank you for your time. A pleasure. Thank <clears> you very much. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And a busy man at the moment, Mick Floyd, and today's edition of Talking Greyhounds, proudly presented presented by Sandown Greyhound Racing. Heat night next Thursday night of the three G1s, RSN 927 Sandown Cup, the Harrison Dawson and the Sapphire Crown. Fast time, Simone. Plenty of material. Again, yes. Hasten slowly, 5.20 win at Geelong in 29.71 for Angela Langton. Geelong again over the 400. Uh, Jess Sharp had Cooter excuses run a 22.35. C. Wrighty, a 21.99 over the 3.90 at Warnable for Andrew Graham. Hecton Bale, 29.62 at the Meadows for Andrea Daly over the 5.25 there. Nervous and Weird for Ashley Terry in 18.91 at Hillsville up the 3.50 metres straight. She also had Bright New Shine run a 16.27 up the 300 there. Benali, that 33.88 at Sandown over the 5.95 for Rob Britton and Tornado Tears 33.78 over the same trip and distance for Rob as well. Um... It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. All right, plenty of material also for the Run of the Week, Simone. There was. I was looking for a race with eight dogs in it, John, but um, the one that caught my eye with only two dogs, however, was Tornado Tears. Uh, yes. I don't think you'll disagree. I know it's a, I know it's only a two-dog well, match race, but to run that time on that track um, so what is pretty Rob, impressive. What does Rob Britton do now? Does he go Tornado Tears and Ripping Sam for the uh, the Sandown Cup, or does Ripping Sam go to the Sandown Cup and Tornado Tears <laughs> for the Harrison Dawson? It's a nice dilemma, isn't it? It is a nice dilemma. Well, you're going to get less dogs entered for the Sandown Cup, aren't you? For sure. So perhaps he'll head that way. Um, you know, there might only be four heats and you've got, you've got to run yeah. one, two to get into, um, sure I don't Rob, know how it's going to work actually. Rob will sort it out. If they've got three lots of heats next Thursday night. They might, it'll somewhere be between two and three. Mm. You'd, you'd, you'd expect, yeah, you'd wouldn't expect. you? expect. Two, yes. two guaranteed, maybe a third if we're lucky. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that was a great run, given the the conditions, Simone. All right, we'll take a break here on RSN 927. You're tuned to Talking Greyhounds. To the other side, we'll 
uh, talk a bit of coursing with uh, Peter Craig, who's the president of the NCA. Love your doggies. The Greyhound Leader, RSN 927. What's making news around the kennels? Good morning, Peter. Thanks for joining us on Talking Greyhounds this morning. Uh, you're the president of the NCA, the National Coursing Association. And gee, hasn't coursing become very popular in the last couple of years? It certainly has, yes. And uh, we've got to thank the GRV for the added publicity they've given us in recent times. But uh, yeah, this year sees our 145th running of the Waterloo Cup. So it's, uh, it's uh, one of the historic parts of greyhound racing and it's certainly why do you think the interest has come in the last probably 12 months to two years, Peter? Oh, look, I think there's, there's no doubt that uh, with the increased uh, um, weights on the welfare of the greyhounds and uh, giving every greyhound a chance, then people have got to look at uh, uh, making sure that uh, you know the greyhound has a, a, a good racing life and um, different ways of encouraging them and keeping their um, interest in, in racing. And uh, there's no doubt that um, coursing has, has always been a, a good option to uh, smarten up the greyhounds. And um, and it, it's also a, a less um, risky way of um, introducing greyhounds to racing with only two dogs in a race. Um, you know, as we saw recently with the speed stakes, um, they're pretty clean racing generally and... Uh, it's a good way for dogs to uh, learn the, their craft. Yeah, it's a great introduction for puppies, isn't it? Um, and, and they race against their own sex most of the time too, don't they? That's right. So if you've got a, a greyhound that was well after March uh, 2016, um, it's eligible for the puppy season um, all year. So we race our coursing calendar starts in April and finishes in August, the end of August. And so... Right through that, we race every fortnight, um, and you'll you'll be eligible if with your puppy uh, to race. Uh, bitches are generally kept in the bitch grade. Um, there are a few uh, mixed races, and one of our puppy championships is actually a mixed event. But the Derby and the Oaks are, are for um, uh, the sexes, and generally most puppy races week to week uh, with the sexes as well. So. You know, you, if you've got a little bitch that's just learning to race, it's not going to come up against something that's 10 kilos bigger and flatter at the first turn. And, you know, so it's great for confidence and, and teaching them to, you know, learn their stride and uh, uh, to really hit, hit top speed. Yeah, and not have to contend with going around corners. And, of course, that means sometimes less injuries as well. Like you mentioned, the extension of the race life. But do you find now um, people are switching or bringing their dogs to coursing a lot more frequently due to the fact we're seeing a lot more failing to chase penalties um, issued by stewards for greyhounds? Uh, there's a lot more of that these days. Do you find people are coming to the coursing to try and tune their greyhound up? There's no doubt. You know, it's a good alternative. Um, and, and, and not just... You know, it, it gives um, ones that might be outgraded. Um, you know, it, it's difficult these days if you've got a, a dog um, that might be just a bit too quick for the tier three standards, but doesn't really match up with the normal provincial racing. Um, and uh, often you find, depending on their points, uh, it's very difficult to place them. So you know, it gives those greyhounds a, a chance to drop back. Um, you got to. 
new thing for the greyhounds. Not all of them uh, take to it, but it's certainly something that most of them enjoy. And uh, it's now you see a lot of people that are wanting to give their dogs that little bit extra to you know just spark them up. They might be uh, you know three, three and a half years of age, and um, uh, you know sometimes it, the, the roughness of the racing might uh, get to a couple of them. I've got a little bit, you know, that certainly. Um, you know, it's not the bravest in the field, and um, you know when you put her two out, uh, she's a, a much different dog. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it can extend their race life after they've finished racing on the circle. They may have had a few injuries and and getting on a bit. We've got a dog at home that's um, just turned five. He's still eligible for veterans and things, but a greyhound like him, he might be suitable to do a bit of coursing with two, perhaps. Do you think? Yeah, it, it depends on the dog itself. Right. Um, when when they get Old, older, um, they, they still have to come up three times. Like they're only racing over 300 metres um, at the coursing. So it's about a 16 second run, uh, but they have to do it three times in the day. So some dogs uh, back up really well at, at any age. Um, others struggle from, you know, when they're, they're younger. And there's no doubt that a lot of people, when they do take their greyhounds coursing, they find that that third run in the day, whilst it might sort them out early on, it certainly improves their fitness considerably. And that's another benefit that people get when they're, when they're taking their dogs to the coursing. You know, you might have had little niggling injuries and, and that, and you give it one run, and it can run, you know, a solid 500, but there's nothing like giving it three runs over the 300 over the course of a day to really, you know, take it to the next level of fitness. Yeah, I, I guess um, we forget about that, that they've got, it's not just one run up the straight if they, yeah, progress through the the heats into the semi and then the final. It is um, they're running almost a kilometre in a day, aren't they? In a, in a sprint. Yeah, some dogs, um, uh, you know, really it, it, they they come up fresh as the day. You know, after a rest and they they really rest. And, and it's good. You know, I've got one that's a bit of a rap bag you know, for resting in the kennel, and, and it's a way of um, just getting them to settle down as well. Um, and I've often used it for the pups for that. Because it really teaches them, you know, they go away into the trailer and have a rest for a couple of hours. You know, there's two or three hours between the first and second run. Right. So most of the good coursing dogs come up better the second time than what they do the first time once they've learnt where they are and, and what the, the caper is. Uh, but then it's how well they come up the third time that determines, you know, whether they win the race and whether they're going to be really good coursing dogs. And I remember, you know, a few years ago, my Waterloo Cup winner. Um, six runs over the weekend for the Waterloo Cup and her slowest run was the first run on the Saturday morning. So, right. You know, it's, it's a, that's a different dog. You know, that's a, a, a greyhound that just goes into the trailer, has a sleep, recovers and comes back better the next time. Right. So really, yeah, horses for courses, it sounds like. Peter, um, it's been very interesting talking to you. I think there's so much more about coursing that we could cover. So I'd love to have you on the show again if um, you'd be available. I'd love to. Yep. Yeah. No, it's um, it's great. There's lots of different facets of coursing. And um, so the coursing season, it started in April, runs until August, and um, there's plenty of information on your website. That's right. Uh, we're going to Benalla next weekend for the Benalla Cup, so it should be a good meeting. And there's also a meeting, a race there for the all-age. So the oldest greyhounds entered will uh, take preference. So you might get that dog out of the backyard. Yes, <laughs> might have to. Thanks for joining us, Peter. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher.
Yeah, Peter Craig talking coursing up at Benella next weekend. Hopefully the weather's a bit better for the uh, the folks next weekend than it is this weekend. All right, Simone, dogs to follow, please. Big reputation. He had his second start at Shepparton on Thursday night and won his maiden semi at a dollar twenty. So um, that was last week's dog to follow. Dog to follow this week. Property Power has had thirteen starts for seven wins and three placings. He won at Geelong. Last week, and then Shepparton on Thursday night also. He's a very pacey type, so watch out for him. Property power is the dog to follow. Do you have a best bet for us? Oh, look, playing it safe, John. Jezelenko, tomorrow at sale. Race 8, number 1. Probably not going to make much of a return, but uh, maybe a good one for multiples. Who knows? Indeed. Race 8, number 1, go the grey beard, Jezelenko. What's coming up this weekend, Simone? I think I know the answer to this. Well, we've got the three heats, of course, at Sandown next Thursday night. So um really looking forward to those. Cracking races, aren't they? They are. But to have three Group 1 heats on one night and then three Group 1 finals the following week, yeah. it's about as good as it gets. Yeah, I think the the, the, the team at Sandown really tinkered with the, the schedule now for the Sandown Cup and these other two G1s, and they've sort of tried to get some distance between the Warrnambool Cup. Great idea. So they're getting a couple of bites of the cherry. So uh, well played and just can't wait to the big night on the 24th of May. Uh Keep warm and dry, Simone. I'll try. And, uh, I'm going to talk to the, the, the trot boys and then uh, have a have a bit of a, uh, a throaty, I think, in the ensuing break. In the meantime, you take, keep those tails wagging. And short break coming up, and then we'll talk trots with the Bonners and Blake Redden. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.